Really, the fall festivals all speak about the return of our right. king. As we talk about this circle of holidays that are appointed days, I mean, they're, 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 they have a purpose and the church has been robbed of that. And so even thinking, right. reading and thinking about the um, Feast of Trumpet and, and the sense of expectation it encumbers, you know, Christ, the Messiah, is coming. I mean, exactly. he is coming. Yeah. Throughout Jewish history, even until today, the blow of the shofar, of the trumpet, is signifying an expectation, an expectation yeah. for God to show up. You're listening to Pod for Israel. For more information, go to oneforisrael.org. I want to welcome you to an exciting episode of Pod for Israel, and this is a special episode. We're going through all the biblical fall festivals. Uh, we have Dr. Eris Sorif with us today, and we're, he's going to expound to us really the meaning of Yom Turah, the Feast of Trumpets. And in Israel, they refer to it also as Rosh Hashanah, That's right. which is like the head of the year. So this is the Jewish New Year. Where did that come from, and what's the deal with this festival? Well, we know that the biblical New Year is actually in the in the spring, near right. Passover, before Passover. So it was only after uh, the Babylonian exile that some mm. customs were adapted, actually, from Babylon, and then they were institutionalized much, much later by actually in Second Temple period and, and forward. Um, that tradition says that this is the first of the year, but the biblical year is actually in the spring, just before Passover. So it's strictly <laughs> tradition. Wow, that's interesting. Really, I think we really want to focus in on what did God intend to tell us with the Feast of Trumpets, Yom mm-hmm. Turah? Mm-hmm. What, what is this all about? What does the scripture say? Well, the, uh, the Feast of Trumpet is the fifth of the seven biblical appointed days that are found in Leviticus 23. And, and the, the appointed days, the, the word in Hebrew, mo'ed, is from a root of a purpose. So there's a goal for each one of them, and the, the whole circle is uh, supposed to teach us about God's plan of salvation. Right. Of course, it p- starts with the Passover, and then the resurrection, and um, uh, the Holy Spirit comes. And then there's this long summer break, and then we have the fall holidays, and then Feast of trumpets, of course. The trumpet has always been throughout the Bible a sign of God appearing or God showing up. And right. it's, it's the same word that appears in um, Exodus when God is coming down on the mountain, then it says there's a sound of a very loud trumpet, mm. and then God shows up. Uh, as you and I talked just a little earlier, um, throughout Jewish history, even until today, the blow of the shofar, of the trumpet, is signifying an expectation, an expectation yeah. for God to show up. And so in the in the circle of the holidays, this is something that's reminding us God is coming. And it, it, I think it's very, very special that it occurs, particularly in the Feast of Trumpet, where if we look at the prophetic meaning, it talks about the shout of the trumpet, the sound of the trumpet, yeah. that signifies the Messiah coming back in the New Testament. Right, yeah. It's on that sound of the trumpet that, that there's the resurrection happens there. That's exciting. And, and, and he comes down, his foot touches the Mount of Olives. It's an amazing scene. There's some 
other really exciting things. We're we're developing a new series. We're really excited about this on the return of the king. That's right. And you mentioned Passover and these festivals. Really, the fall festivals all speak about the return of our king. Mm -hmm. So, um, what happened with Ezra and Nehemiah? There's something really significant that we're going to be talking about in this new series with Ezra and Nehemiah. What happened from the Feast of Trumpets then? Yeah, so I think that's where um, God is so much into the details, you know, Mm. of, of, of. Letting us not just celebrate the, the the circle of the holy days, but kind of showing us a, a, a you know a preview, as it were. So, in the first return to Zion after the first exile uh, with um, Ezra and Nehemiah, and then Nehemiah, uh, there was a great I would I would even call it the pinnacle, the highest point in Ezra's life and ministry, right. and that occurs in um, ne- Nehemiah chapter eight. Right. The wall around Jerusalem is finished in a record time of uh, 25, uh, 52 days. Hmm. And then all the people gather in, a, in an open space in the temple, hmm. which is, by the way, it's the, um, uh, it's the water gate where Jesus, 400 years later, is going to say, whoever thirsts comes to me. Hmm. But that gathering in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah occurs in or just before and in the Feast of Trumpet. And very specifically, the nation, the Jewish people that have returned to the land, come to Ezra and say, Ezra, read us from the Word of God. There's a mm. hunger, but the hunger is for the Word of God. It's not for it's water. It's not for bread. It's for the Word of God. And when Ezra does it, and again, the, the, it's an amazing chapter. He's, he's immediately ready. Clearly, they were preparing uh, with interpreters to Aramaic and so on. But Ezra is standing on the on the pedestal that they set up for that purpose, and he reads from sunset until midday. I mean, oh, they were and effort. they were hungry and thirsty. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pretty warm out here I mean, yeah. this this uh, this time of year. But they were all not just hearing, but they were understanding. And the word understanding repeats in this chapter several times. They were internalizing the message of God's word. And the response was, you know, it's kind of funny to see or uh, beautiful to see. They started weeping because they understood mm. how short they have come of God's standard. You know, the mirror mm. of the word of God was put in front of them. And that began the great spiritual revival that occurred um, in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah that for us foreshadows, for us to see about the time that is coming, that as a mm. nation, we're going to cry to God, not for um, peace agreements and not for getting out of lockdown, you know, that's yeah. coming upon us, right. but our call as a nation will be for the Messiah, for the living Word of God. So it's right. just uh, something that I think is very significant. Wow. And, you know, just reminds me of, in Zechariah when, you know, we, we see that prophesied of yes. this national repentance. So there's a day of national repentance. It said it was a day unlike any other mm-hmm. where the sorrow was turned into joy. And one, it speaks to repentance and that true repentance. There's no joy and peace like when you've really come to repentance. I, I think you could think of when you first sure. met your Savior. And for me, when when I sure. repented of my sins, there was no other cleansing so joyous mm-hmm. and clean, so awesome as that day. Oh, and in the context... I mean, most of 
most of us, you know, we could read through the scripture and we might shed a tear, but it won't trigger that sort of bitter mourning. Right. It was clear that this was not familiar scripture. That's right. They hadn't been studying the the Torah was hidden for thousands of years, you could say. Right. In the same way we look at the word of God, who is hidden from he's still today, hidden from many. The majority of Israelis, it's hidden from them, but it is. as the eyes are opened, we hear that in the testimonies of people who've come to faith, right. there's that breaking. And and I guess in a way, it's not just for yourselves, for your own sin, but thinking about your forefathers, thinking about all the generations that have missed. Well, you know, I, I always think about that, uh, especially in the Day of Atonement, um, where a lot of Jewish people go to synagogue, you know, just because th- that's kind of the thing to do on Day of Atonement. And the final prayer, the closing prayer, it's, mm. it's a prayer you read and sing, um, and I think the vast majority of people, um, you know, that you, you kind of sing it as sing out the words just because that's kind of what you do. But the words yeah. are, you basically, uh, you know, the crowd, is, as, as a crowd, you beg God for his forgiveness. It, 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 the, the words right. are, provide us with your forgiveness mm. um, as, we, as we close this day in, in, in prayer. And then after that, actually, is when at the end of this, the last thing you do at the service is this, you know, song or prayer, and then the trumpet is blown, and hmm. then it turns into joy. You know, it's kind of where you yeah. go and put your booth, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's still, it's still there, but there's something that kind of blocks the heart, blocks the eye, but on that day, on a national level, we will see. Wow. Well, how can we pray for... Israel, how can we, you know, as believers around the world, what can, how can we observe this? Maybe we mm. could find a shofar, we could blow a shofar, but what, what, what do you think God's trying to speak to us, even, you know, Gentiles and Jews alike? Mm. What's the message that God wants to share to us through this? Well, you know, uh, first of all, I would say I think that the church has been robbed of parts of God's rich. A plan, particularly as we talk about this circle of holidays that are appointed days. I mean, they're, 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 they have a purpose, and the church has been robbed of that. And so even thinking, right. reading, and thinking about the um, Feast of Trumpet and, and the sense of expectation it encumbers, you know, Christ, the Messiah, is coming. I mean, <laughs> exactly. he is coming. Yeah. And that's, I think, a great, great news and encouragement. And um, I would also ask for prayer for... You know, for the Jewish people at this time, mm-hmm. uh, many, many that have already heard maybe something about Yeshua, um, many even probably more that have not truly heard about him. Um, and in this day, there are many people that even though, you know, the hearts are blocked, the hearts are blocked, the eyes are blind in a sense, but they sincerely try to search their heart before God. So That's just right. join us in prayer for the Jewish people, for God to open eyes, for God to open hearts, uh, for the Messiah, for who he truly is. And as you said, this this sense of cleansing, the ultimate cleansing uh, from our sins. Amen. And you know, you, we mentioned in the very beginning, you guys know, uh, we're, we're about to hit another lockdown, mm-hmm. another coronavirus lockdown. And with that last time, we saw a huge opportunity. Yes. So many mm-hmm. became open to the gospel like never before. True. So many were sitting around and watching our videos. We had a huge uptick. We're having 35,000 mm-hmm. a day sustained 
uh, people visiting and watching our mm. videos every day in Israel alone. That's in Israel alone, not, not talking about the nations. And so uh, I'll also pray because you can see and you can hear, but we need the Holy Spirit to open Amen. up the ears. And also pray pray about supporting that work so we can reach more in this. Uh, again, it's another time of great opportunity. Again, during the festivals of God, it's like God's bringing everyone in and uh, we pray that they would find uh, the real meaning behind this festival Amen. in this season. Amen, amen. So yes, do pray with us. Uh, this is a time of salvation. We pray there will be one more great revival in Israel, amen. in the United States, in Asia, amen. all over the world before the truly difficult times come. And it's a time, like you said, of expectation. And we mm. say, come, Lord Yeshua, come, uh, bring your kingdom soon in our day. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.